Welcome to Unscripted Startups. I'm your host, Cameron Stack, and today we have Sarah Gross. She is the head of influencer marketing at Mute6, and she's held a bunch of other social media and growth hacking positions. Thanks for coming on the show, Sarah. Yeah, thanks for having me, Cameron. Happy to be here. So tell me a little bit about your previous positions and how you got into growth hacking and social media. Yeah, so I guess it all started about just over a year ago when I was a junior at Syracuse University. I was president of the Entrepreneurship Club. I was going into my second term as president and I was introduced to an agency out in Los Angeles. It was a marketing agency. It was really on the cusp of really new things in in terms of digital marketing. They were really focusing on something called growth hacking, and it wasn't something that I heard of before, but with a little research, I understood that it was a nice mix between using technology and creating different marketing tactics and processes that could really help scale a company's growth. And that really excited me. It wasn't something that I was necessarily learning in school. I was a tech student and I was a business student, but there was no classes that really helped merge the two and also involve marketing. So what I did was I did a lot of online research, a lot of YouTube videos, and I ended up getting a job with this marketing agency. So I dropped out of school, moved out to LA. Within a few months, I was actually fired and started working for another company. They were a Shopify partner and worked with a lot of e-commerce brands. And so that's what got me into a lot of digital marketing for e-commerce brands. And so I was helping the business grow, doing a lot of business development, working with the sales team. Uh, And then I was actually poached to Mute 6 after a few months again, starting off as a business rep in the partnerships team. So I was working with a lot of different tech companies. Uh, And then as we developed my position, it was apparent that I had a lot of skills that I wasn't really exercising my role as partnerships team. So instead, what I would do is I 20% of my time, I would kind of develop my own tactics and my own methods and how could I use and leverage my abilities that I, I built when I was working for this first agency and when I was working for this other company in between. And so that ended up being influencer marketing. So I built out this entire program working with influencers, with brands as well, being their own internal team, but just having it on an agency process and a kind of a method so that we can really scale it out and build out influencer programs for dozens of of different e-commerce brands at a time. That's super cool. And it sounds like a lot of intriguing and intricate things go into the positions you've worked at, but it sounds like you really enjoy what you do. Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely a lot of fun. It's been cool kind of developing a position for myself and kind of really being able to figure out and exercise my strong points. That's awesome. How did posting the videos on LinkedIn and engaging with other people online help you develop the skills, the interest in what you are currently doing? So something that I didn't mention in my quick 
bio before was I am a creator on LinkedIn. A lot of people consider me an influencer. And what I do is I post a lot of videos introducing my audience to to new software tools. And so that came out of one, an opportunity. LinkedIn was booming. About a year ago, they were just introducing video Uh, as a native creator platform. And then they were also introducing hashtags. A lot of new users were starting to onboard and create profiles. And so I took that opportunity and created my own video series. I also did it because it's something that's interesting to me. Learning about new software tools, it's exactly what growth hacking is, is just knowing what's available and being able to use it in terms of growth. And so I would just post different tools that I was enjoying using. I would be posting tools that I thought was interesting and I was building an audience at the same time Uh, and for me it really helped me just being able to say that I'm associated with a certain group of people and and those people really helped me uh, one develop professionally they were introducing me to their networks they were mentoring me they're especially rooting me on and, and encouraging me the entire time and so that's I have a lot of success professionally through LinkedIn just because it, it's been giving me a lot of opportunity and it's, and it's been really helping me grow my network. Yeah, I really love LinkedIn. I've been on it for a while. I haven't been as active as some of the people on the platform, but that's how I ran across you was through your 10, ten tech in 10 days. My uh, tech in 10. Yeah, and I thought those were super cool because they were super short, but yet they provided some valuable insight and advice on what little plugins on Chrome you should use for your business. Yeah, and it's uh, it's funny, even at work, a lot of people come to me with just random questions and just wanting to know if there's a solution for their problem using different Chrome extensions and, and what I post on my Tech Intent series. So it's been, <laughs> it's been a lot of fun and it's come in handy a lot more often than I was expecting. <laughs> yeah, I bet. So what are some plugins you would suggest or extensions on Chrome for a small business or an entrepreneur that you are aware of? Yeah, so, I mean, there's hundreds and hundreds of different tech and Chrome extensions I'd recommend. Uh, Very basic ones would would just be Grammarly. Uh, I know myself, I get really ahead of myself, and I'm a speedy writer, and so just making sure that there's no spelling mistakes, there's no grammatical, like, obvious grammatical errors really helps pushes deals along. If you're an entrepreneur uh, and you're talking with investors or if you're a salesperson, um, just reaching out to prospects, it's just really good to make sure that uh, your message is read the right way. So it, Grammarly definitely helps with that. Um, there's a number of different other Chrome extensions I'd recommend on called Loom. It's how to record your screen, and you can also add a little bubble of your face. Um, so it adds some personalization. So if you're a salesperson, again, record a demo uh, with your face in picture and send that to prospects. Um, if you're on a team and you're an entrepreneur, you can send feedback if you're about your website or if it's if you're a tech entrepreneur about your SaaS product. So it's, it's really helpful. And for me as a content creator, I use it to produce my own videos and post it on LinkedIn. So that would be my top two. And then just one last one. It's called Built With. It's a Chrome extension that will tell you exactly what tools um, that specific website is using to, to run their website. So whatever different plugins they have, what where it's hosted, um, everything you need to know, and, and it's really helpful if you're trying to 
figure out what your competition is doing or um, even doing some prospecting if you're in sales. So those, those would be my top three at the moment. That's great. I think I actually saw the video of using the third one and showing how it worked and it looks super interesting. I know a lot of people really love hunter.io that scrapes the emails and stuff. Yeah, and you, I, I wouldn't even say just like do, being uh, persistent about it, but just also while you're doing that, just getting feedback from whoever's listening. That's um, the best way to really grow a channel is just making sure that one, once getting people to your channel, and two, once you get them there, making them stay. And as soon as you figure out a pattern to make visitors stay, whoever like then then your goal shifts from okay uh, now I have a channel to like how do I grow it as fast as possible because you know that as soon as someone actually gets to your channel you'll keep them yeah that's an excellent point so tell me a little more about what you specifically do at mute six and what kind of clients you work with I love that question so I am the head of influencer marketing at Mute6, and so for the past few months, I've been building out an entire department focusing on leveraging influencers for really any part of your digital marketing strategy. And so I've had a lot of help with like our chief strategy officer and, and a lot of help from uh, a lot of other departments in figuring out how to use influencers for not just influencer marketing, but also for your Facebook, um, for your Instagram marketing, for your YouTube marketing, for your Google marketing, for your email marketing, like every single channel. And so what we do specifically is we work with a number of different e-commerce brands. Some of them are fashion brands, some of them are food brands and beverages, uh, some of them are home goods. It really, uh, it really ranges. And what we do for them is we build out an influencer program. So we, one, find the right influencers who we think would work best for them. And that means a, a number of things in terms of generating sales, in terms of creating content. We have to think of overlying strategy on how we think these brands could best utilize influencers. So once we find these influencers, we have a number of different tested ways to reach out to them in order for them to, one, uh, respond, and two, confirm that they want to work with the brand. So once we have that confirmation from the influencer, then we send them products, uh, we track content, we track how many times they're sending out their codes, and we're, we're tracking how many times that code is being used. We can report um, everything back to the client, and then also what we can do as, as a marketing agency is take their content and turn it into something that turns into a sales-generating machine for Facebook ads, for Instagram ads, for YouTube ads, we create, we were able to use their content to optimize a lot of different experiences in their digital journey. So making maybe it's the pop-up on their website has some user-generated content from influencers. It makes it a little bit more believable to get that email address when you're first, uh, when you first enter a website, or maybe it's on your product page. Um, there's so many different ways you can use content, and that's what we're figuring out, and then also the best practices around it uh, using influencers. I feel like that's an excellent sum up of what the influencer industry is about. Uh, it sounds like you guys really have a awesome setup. And you what does influencer marketing mean to you? I know a lot of people have been talking about it on the LinkedIn platform, 
I even saw an article that says females are more likely to be called influencers, whereas guys like Casey Neistat and Marcus Bradley and are more likely to be called creators. Uh, what's your thought on that? Does it make a difference? I don't know if I would say that same uh, statement. I see a lot on Instagram, if you look up in a lot of profiles, bios, it says creator versus influencer. I think that's more of like a self-proclamation. But in terms of what is influencer marketing, it, it's really dependent on what the brand is looking for. And so that's where I think there's a huge uh, misunderstanding in, in what influencer marketing is. There's a lot of people who have one definition of it. And I, I just think that um, it's so narrow-minded at the moment. And that's where I see a lot of opportunity in what I'm doing is is going beyond just the sales using discount codes and swipe up links and links in bio. It's it's really taking the content. It's really taking that network that you just build and, and seeing how you can use it beyond just influencer marketing. And, and that's what I think it is. And it, it really depends what the brand is looking for and how much the brand can see beyond just the influencers. Yeah, I think that's a great answer. I mean, because you can definitely tell like from the YouTube videos where they're like, this is sponsored by Wix or this is sponsored by Squarespace or this is sponsored by Honey where those are like clear, clear ads. And then there are a few other ones that are more of like a subtle transition or something like that. But yeah, I think that's an interesting point. I actually was watching a movie a few days ago and it's actually called the Joneses and basically they're like guerrilla influencers they don't tell people they're selling it but it's based on the clothes they wear the car they drive that drives sales so it's more of a subtle version but yeah I think that's great so what are some essentials to running an influencer to running a successful influencer campaign because I know a lot of people are like, yeah, I've sent out free stuff to someone on Instagram so they can take some photos and share a code, but they don't really see any success in doing that. What are they getting wrong? More the organization that goes behind it. And I say that because most of the time when you reach out to an influencer and you get them to post, they're not going to make any sales for you. I, it's a lot of testing and it's a lot of trying and it's a lot of reaching out to new influencers to figure out which ones are the best to work with. And if you don't know how to scale a program, if you don't know how to reach out to even if maybe it's a few dozen influencers, maybe it's a few hundred influencers, sometimes it's a few thousand influencers to find the right ones. And so if you don't know how to stay organized, making sure that you have a spreadsheet of influencers, you know exactly which ones are responding, you know exactly which ones you're working with, what their codes are, how many times they're posted, where their content is. There's so many different moving pieces that um, as soon as you have the right backbone and the right organization to it, um, that is what helps you develop a successful influencer program. What would be some tips for someone who maybe can't hire an agency to do this for them, but might be able to help them get started in the process? It's really not difficult to reach out to influencers. I mean, you can reach out through direct message on Instagram. A lot of them have their emails available. It's just reaching out and they'll work with your brand. You have to know exactly what 
you're going to offer them, whether that's some money, um, whether that's a discount, whether that's products. Uh, and then you also need to know what you're going to ask in return, how many posts you want from the influencer, where the posts are going. If you just want the straight content for you to post, you have to you have to know exactly what you want from them. And then from there, just, just make it happen. In my past company, I did some work with influencers and I did realize, yeah, you have to be super specific on what you want. Do you have any metrics on whether it's better to go with smaller influencers or larger influencers? Because I know Pat Flynn has a book and really talks about having the 1,000 true fans opposed to having like a million subs. But if they don't interact with your stuff, it would it's better to have those 1,000 true fans that buy everything you sell and like everything you post. What are your thoughts on that? It's really important to make sure you have a plan for like the smaller people in mind. You have to think about who your actual customer is. And it might be the, the big people who are over 100,000 followers and their content is really great. They could be your best customer, but in reality, most of the time, your best customer is only a few thousand followers. Uh, they have a really strong friend group. You know what products they like, and, and they're, they li- only like good products. Uh, and so I've seen a lot of success with the micro-influencers. Um, actually, the most successful campaigns I've run is actually coming from three different brands, um, all three different verticals. And most of the products that we're selling from these brands are small consumer packaged goods. They're between $10 and and $50 each. And so with these three brands, we worked with three different influencers, all had under 10,000 followers, and they all pushed over $1,000 in sales with one post. And so if you're thinking about that $1,000 worth of sales, if a brand is selling $10 product, that's over 100 new buyers, or it's 100 um, units sold. And that's, that's influential. Yeah, that, that's pretty incredible for such a small audience. Like with social media, the bigger your audience grows, the less engagement you're getting, especially on Instagram. We see the people with like a thousand followers have like pretty good engagement rate. But once you start going up there, then the engagement rate starts getting worse and worse and worse, which kind of makes sense. Not everyone's going to be able to see your content, but then it's like a lot of the celebrities, people like their stuff but it's not as engaged as, say, like a thousand people following you or your best friends, you know, that like everything. Yes, there are some accounts, though, that have a really strong following and and insane engagement. Uh And I'm talking millions of followers and still millions of people liking their posts. And it's mostly real people. There's a number of different tools where you can check in see the different patterns and how fast people are, are liking things and how consistently they're doing it. And, um, and these people, it's, it's all real. Yeah, I know two examples on YouTube. I know this one guy, he has 25,000 subscribers on YouTube and he makes the same amount of money in ad revenue and affiliate marketing than some people do that have 100 or 200,000 subscribers on YouTube. But then there's the opposite, and I'm not sure if you've heard of this guy, but it's Graham Stephan. He recently reached a million subscribers on YouTube, 
six months ago, he maybe had 300, 400,000 subscribers. His fans are super active. They're always commenting on other videos. They're always mentioning him. That's mainly why I like to think he grew so fast is because everyone just freaking loves his videos and they think they're like, they're not the norm, so they they stick out a little bit, and he has a good sense of humor. But yeah, he is making a killing with ad revenue. Uh, I don't know where he compares to like the the hum humongous YouTubers, like the kid who reviews toys and stuff, because I know he gets paid the most in ad revenue. But I think it's pretty interesting to see that the two differences and stuff. YouTube is a whole nother world just because I think it's a platform that really rewards creators for posting and, and being influential and, and growing their audience versus Facebook or even Instagram where uh, there's no reward or even LinkedIn. There's no reward or there's no payment. There's no benefit of uh, growing your audience and getting more people to engage with your content other than YouTube and actually Quora does a really good job yeah. as well. I've been experimenting with it, and I keep getting newsletters, and they suck me down wormholes. I'm like, really don't need to read this, but it sounds interesting. What What do you love about Quora, and how can you use it for business? For business purposes, you can search for questions that you would ask about your business. It can get pretty specific. And, you, and if you can't find something that you're looking for, you can just ask it yourself. What's different about Quora, though, is when you ask a question, it will actually recommend people to directly um, nudge and request an answer from. So it'll give you a, maybe a quick 10 profiles um, that are experts in that category that you are asking about. Um, and so you can solicit those answers to the, that information. On the flip side, if you're an expert, then it gives you a lot of reach and a lot of opportunities to, to share your expertise and to make yourself that thought leader in that industry. Uh, and so it's just figuring out how do you find the right questions um, that people are following, that people are uh, reading and, and have an interest into seeing who is answering and what those are. That's your, the secret sauce in, into becoming and, and leveraging Quora as a as a platform to really share your voice and share your opinions. Yeah, I, th I think it's super cool. I have personally received notices that people wanted my insight on like entrepreneurship or like selling online. I think that's pretty cool. I've also seen a lot of I wouldn't say lesser known SaaS products, but like they're not they're not Google or Facebook, but they're still doing pretty good. And they I've seen them commenting on certain articles and it seems to do well for them and they're like a thousand upvotes, five thousand upvotes. And I think Core is a pretty awesome platform. If someone is building a business, but they could only pick one platform to get involved on. And they're not trying to make it as a creator or an influencer. They're just trying to get their brand more out there. Which platform would you suggest? It depends. If you as a person is trying to be the face of your brand, as a business person, I would do, I would do LinkedIn. Uh, but if you're trying to get, make your, have more of a brand voice, 
you want your logo to be more recognizable. You want people to think of uh, your brand versus you as a person. I would go with Instagram. Any thoughts on why Instagram? That's where consumers are. And if you're a brand that is for everyday consumers, it's not being sold to businesses. Um, It's usually not a software other than a mobile app. Um, I would go on Instagram just because it's, it's where everyone is. Do you have any thoughts on why people should dedicate time to creating content on social media opposed to just running the business and using ads? I think that all depends on what the purpose is. I personally don't post a lot on Facebook just because I have a really small network there. It's, it's usually my family, it's my high school and college friends, uh, some professional friends. If I didn't text someone in that network, I really don't care if they know what's going on. Um, and so I don't see a purpose in using Facebook um, for my personal feed. But I, I would encourage people to post on LinkedIn. I would encourage people to post on Instagram, Facebook, if it's your profile and you have uh, the network that you want to reach and and the network that you want to do something with. But yeah, I I think it's important. It's more important for me to actually know what's going on, know how the algorithms are working, know how posts are being shared throughout the feeds um, versus actually posting myself. And so that gives me a big enough reason just to stay a little bit active on every platform. You can definitely see the different types of content like Obviously, with Facebook, it's more the tasty videos, the BuzzFeed videos, the Jay Shetty videos, those ones that either are cool or they have like an inspirational message that are shared by more of an older audience, whereas like LinkedIn, it's more professional business-wise, I think. So wrapping up, I wanted to ask you, do you have any advice you have received or any thoughts you have, stuff you've learned and that you would like to pass on to our audience yeah the best advice i could give is is really just figure out what you want to do and it's okay if it takes a while to get there but once you figure that that's something that you really love go 110 percent in make sure that you're the expert and that you're the voice of authority in that domain and not only think it but actually act it and once you start doing that it, it'll give you a world of opportunities and that's exactly what happens for me i love that well on that note i would like to thank you for coming on the show it's been a real pleasure And thanks, everyone, for listening. I hope you guys are having an awesome week, and I can't wait to share more awesome content with you guys. Stay awesome, and thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Don't forget to smash that subscribe button and start downloading each and every episode of our podcast. It only takes than 30 seconds, and it means the absolute world to us. I hope you guys have an incredible week and don't forget to live life 1% better each and every day. Until next time, this has been a Unscripted Startups production. Don't forget to check us out online at unscriptedstartups.com or on your favorite social media platform at Unscripted Startups.